Hey, sports fans! Welcome to our podcast exclusive OTR Sidelines, where we step off the court and have off the record conversations with our friends from the sports media industry. Migs Bustos, Chesco Liton Kalau. OTR Sidelines. This is off the record. Right here on OTR Sidelines, we have a sports broadcaster from One Sports and TV5, Paolo De Rosario, and we will talk about his fandom for the Utah Jazz, how they got featured in the New York Times, and everything all about Utah Jazz. Paolo, thank you so much for joining us here with me and Check on OTR Sidelines. How are you, bud? Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, can I just say it's an honor to be known as uh, probably the most prominent jazz fan in the country? Because <laughs> lang namin. But uh, being here... It really is. You have no idea how how great it is to be able to talk about the jazz in general. Okay, to be fair to Pao, when did we meet? Ages ago, years ago. We were still both with Uh, CNN Philippines. 2015, Um, give or take, yeah. Yeah. And even back then, before before Clarkson's ended up, (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. before, yeah, Jordan ended up in the jazz, before there was any Filipino connection to the jazz, you were already rooting for the jazz. It's not common. It's not common in the Philippines. You don't hear a lot of Filipinos saying, I am a Utah Jazz fan. How did this start? Uh, okay, so I'm going to start off with something that is common in the Philippines, uh, which is uh, the Filipinos love the Lakers. Okay, When I was a kid growing up, I, I went to the States uh, every so often because you know, my, my grandparents' uh, siblings were there and we visited them all the time. Went to L.A., and then I think it was around 97, 98, or around that time. I was like, I was an impressionable child. And everything I see that's great, I think it's amazing. And unfortunately, playoff time, the Lakers versus the Jazz. And if everyone remembers, back in the late 90s, palaging sweet ng Jazz yung Lakers in general. Or if not sweep, it, it was one-sided. And, you know, this kid named Kobe couldn't do crap against, against the Jazz. In fact, his highlights as a rookie was him airballing against the Jazz, okay? So, just saying, all right, back then, I thought that, oh my God, the Jazz are killing the Lakers. And my entire family in the States were Lakers fans. And I'm like, wow, I really like not seeing them that happy. So, I'm like, okay. hipster ka dun, hipster ka dun. hipster ako. Kasi like a seven and eight year old, I'm like, I'm gonna go with the guy that no one likes. Uh-oh. So, so since then, it just turned out that they were this great team. And uh, they were this great team, and then napaka-iconic yung mga tawag nila. Like when you'd hear uh, Stockton to Malone back then over and over again growing up at Nauseum. And they always were mga top seeds. I always thought that, oh, okay, this is their year. This is their year. And uh, hoping every year kept me, got me hooked talaga. And uh, just and the fact that, uh, I guess, napaka-disciplina sila eh. I always like things. Uh, I, al- I always had this thing for working, working, disciplined, working uh, the right way. And I felt that that franchise kind of encapsulated that, even at a young age. So yeah, masaya siya. They weren't flashy, but they got the job done. The Spurs before the Spurs. Mm. Right. Uh, just going to give a visual for our listeners. Pao uh-huh. is uh, wearing a, a playoff shirt. <laughs> Can you show that, Pao? Take note. That's the calling of the jazz. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, of course, just like 
to the teams like the Jazz, maybe the Warriors also before Stephen Curry erupted. Ito yung mga teams sa talagang struggling, di ba? Yeah. Struggling to get into the playoffs or maybe one and out, etc. Or struggling to find good players on a consistent basis. What was it like, Pao, for you as a fan? Now, wow, number one in the West. Unfortunately, mm. nga lang na-eliminate uh, as of yeah. this recording. Yeah. But then, yeah. no, that success story, you know, para nag-pay off. What's it like for a fan? It's like, it, it's surreal eh, in many ways. Because I remember even before the season started, maraming nagsasabi na hindi magpa-pay off si Utah. Uh, you can go back to a lot of my predictions. Some people said that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they'll always get found out. They're always going to uh, be... I don't know. Be one of those teams that are will are at the bubble of being an okay team, but not not being great. So seeing what they did this year, it's great. I mean, like uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the sudden amount of attention that uh, Jazz fans got. And just out of curiosity, I had to look on Facebook to see kung may mga official fan groups in Utah Jazz sa Pilipinas. Meron. Apparently, meron. Meron. Oh, oh, nice. Nagulat ako there are apparently 5,000 of us here in the country. Hey! <laughs> nice! Okay, 5,000. may gathering kapag nag-okay na. The grand eyeball. The grand eyeball. You said it. You said it. Eyeball. You said it. I think that uh, the season in particular... Uh, seeing all of the struggles. I mean, like to be fair, the Jazz have been in playoffs for the past what three, four years, and um, it, this year was the first year it felt like they can actually make noise. Uh, they didn't in the end, and it was disappointing. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, like hindsight is twenty twenty, and if you look at everything as a whole, kung uh, in terms of yung predictions, in terms of yung expectations, this may have actually surpassed the expectations of a lot of people. That a lot of people didn't expect them mm-hmm. that. To even get out of the first round or be top seed, so uh, I'm just making myself feel better because they grab it talaga yung pagkatalo nila sa game six. So <laughs> considering how you weren't exactly uh, joined by hundreds of thousands of people in the Philippines and rooting for the Jazz, and obviously the following for the Jazz in the Philippines is growing thanks to the entry of Jordan Clarkson, who, by the way, is also such a great role model in the sense that. Uh, not too long ago, there was a racist attack on a Filipino food truck, which ironically, for some reason, the racists labeled them as Chinese. I don't yeah. know. So, yeah. uh, but Jordan Jordan made an effort to uh, have the, the truck repainted. It was a fresh new look. Uh, he is very outspoken on matters of, uh, you know, stopping Asian hate. Mm-hmm. Um in that sense, of course, when Filipinos worldwide hear of him doing this, it builds more of an affinity for the Jazz. Yeah. Okay, so Jordan Clarkson in general, fantastic that he's doing what he's doing. The fact that he is so loud and proud about being Filipino-American, it, it says a lot. And uh, it, it's so great to have that representation out there. And because there are some people around the world who are Filipino but aren't as loud about it. And Jordan Clarkson is constantly reminding people na Pinoy siya. And, <laughs> and defending lumpia and adobo by making sure that food truck is okay. Honestly, it's the most Pinoy thing you could do. You're defending our food, okay? You're not, True. it's the idea 
of uh, what he's doing and the yeah, actual act of what he's doing. Oh, <laughs> mal natin pagkain nila. Uh, not natin. And then he actually said in interviews before that as a kid in growing up in like elementary and all of that, he he that his mom would actually bring lumpia from time to time from whenever they had to in, in their class. And people were like, oh, okay, yeah, he's he's really Asian. He's really Filipino. So there you go. It's great to have that representation out there. It's great to have uh, Jordan doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Now, Pao, speaking of uh, players, diba? Jordan Clarkson, Chang favorite ng mga Pinoy ngayon sa Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you about your favorite player. I kind of resonate with you when it comes to Utah Jazz players. I'll just show something. My my brother, Kuya, mm-hmm. my, my Kuya Poch, actually a big Utah Jazz fan because of this guy. Ah, That's my Kuya. Yeah. Yeah. You recognize that jersey. That's like of my course. favorite jersey. Carlos yeah, Boozer. Carlos Boozer. Yes, the powder. Carlos, Carlos Boozer. For you, who yeah. is your favorite Utah Jazz player of all time? All time, that's tough. Um, I mean, like obviously, growing up, it was a Stockton to Malone era, and and amongst the, between that duo, it was always uh, it was always John Stockton. Uh, and then eventually, during the Darren Will, okay, during the Darren Williams times, I I was actually I was very much in the Darren Williams versus Chris Paul uh, debate, and I always thought Darren Williams can get it better than Chris Paul. And now Chris yeah. Paul is just like killing everyone right now, and they're one of Spain golf. But um, I think over look, I know it's super early in his career, but I think my all-time favorite right now maybe Donovan Mitchell, only because the uh, superstar potential yeah, uh, that he's showing at such a young age, carrying the load that with, with the way he does right now, it's uh, it's amazing, it's fantastic, and uh, I I think that people are arguing that he already is the greatest jazz player of all time. I don't think so, but. I think that uh, the excitement that he brings to uh, being a Utah Jazz fan is unmatched. Even from the <coughs> point of uh, AK. Stephen A. did, right? Stephen A. proclaimed. Stephen A. did. I'm like, not yet, okay? Second in all in all time points in Carl Malone and then number one all-time assists and steals in John Stockton. So really uh way too early can he get there maybe i think he's uh, i think in the playoffs he actually is a better player the way he averaged he averaged 33 this season Thank so yeah so but i have to interject can you please acknowledge the fact that Dwayne wade has been mentoring this guy as well all right oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, look Dwayne wade i actually think Dwayne I, wade you know will be the reason why true i actually <laughs> think Dwayne wade might be the reason why the jazz compete in the next few years cuz he he now makes the jazz a free agent destination mm. in, in the mm. sense that uh, in the sense that you now know that you got the back of Dwayne wade you have Dwayne wade in your ear all the time yeah, I mean, like, will that change the fact that it's in Utah? No, but if you love your career, you may have a you may have a good future there, especially if you're a promising young player. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Hi there, I'm Mish, host of Mish Conceptions, the podcast that talks about the common struggles of modern day millennials and Gen Zs as we all navigate through college, enter the real world, and build our careers. Let's talk about the realities of adulting and corporate world that no one will tell you about. These are the things you wish you knew sooner to get ahead in life or simply just to get by. Join me in my podcast, Misconceptions, as we discuss maximizing college, life after college, building your career, self-improvement, relationships, and anything and everything that will help you on your personal and career development. So make sure you check out my podcast after you listen to this episode. See you there.
follow up on that, Pao. Speaking of Donovan Mitchell, you got to interview him when he was here yes. a few years ago, right? Yeah. What was that like, yeah. Pao? Oh, man. I have never felt more nervous. That was one of the most nervous I've ever felt simply because, uh, you know, I was giddy, trying hard not to be a fan and, uh, and you know, trying to be professional at the same time. So it was nice because he talks like a, just a regular dude. I mean, like he's a, at that time he was a rookie, so he really was a regular dude like compared to what NBA players become, right? I think he's still, I'm, I'm sure he's okay now. He carries himself super well. But uh, at that time, uh, I remember it was a panel discussion, panel, panel interview with Chris Chu, Kobe Paras, Bright Aqueti. <laughs> uh, it was it was uh it was the it was the five of us and then right after he just decided to just he didn't you know NBA players just leave sometimes you know they, once their obligations done out but then it was a 40 minute interview then right afterwards he just like sat around and then just chilled talking to Bright asking him about his career because he was just fresh out of his NCAA MVP season and um, talked a bit with Kobe and talked a bit with, with Chris so. Nice. Uh, I thought that, you know, hey, I mean, here's a guy who just doesn't run away uh, from, I, I guess, obligations and all of that. Uh, kind of reminded me of Giannis when Giannis came here to the Philippines because mm-hmm. uh, he he had a lot of um, he had a lot of obligations. And then at one point, Giannis got so tired due to jet lag, he fell asleep on a table while signing autographs. So, I mean, like Donovan didn't do that because I guess his management was a lot better at managing his time. <laughs> but... After that, Donovan went to the PBA and he mm-hmm. was an analyst for a quarter and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, like went on TV and then sat beside Kinito Henson and then did all of that. So he's nice. super into being around fans, super into, super trying to be just, just himself, genuine and, uh, and and all of that. So I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I really wanted to, I, I guess I, I wanted to experience more of that in the sense that, you know, to get to pick his brains because it felt like he was the most approachable uh, mm-hmm. and one of the most more approachable, rather, NBA stars that has come to the country. All right. And of course, when we're talking about the future of the Utah Jazz, unfortunately, mm-hmm. they were eliminated already, but they not the best ending. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That's, Historically mm, bad. Okay. But... Considering the season that they've had, I mean, obviously, again, it could have ended on a much better note, mm. but let's just focus on the great things that yeah. they were able to accomplish this season. Yeah, um, I think that the Jazz in general are a model for uh, basically European basketball functioning in, a, in an NBA setting, simply because uh, you, you, the way that they play, the personnel that they have, and uh, I think they're trying to figure out how to make it work at the higher level. Uh, I think defensively, it's going to be a bigger issue because uh, the only person who could defend against the Clippers at that time was just Rudy Gobert because he couldn't cover everyone and can score the Clippers in general. So uh, I think the future of the Jazz is still bright. You're not getting rid of Donovan Mitchell. You're not getting rid of Rudy Gobert. Mike Conley might be a question mark uh, because um, he his contract may be movable and then you may want to get a longer athletic wing. Uh I think there's still pathways to being great, uh, despite how it ended, and that's why I'm still excited for next season. That's why I'm not. But as I can, okay, I know that the way we ended was bad, and arguably not as bad as how the 76ers ended their season. 
But the 76ers, their future, not as rosy. The Jazz just need a couple of pieces, a couple of wing guys to make sure that what happened against the Clippers won't happen again. So hopefully, hopefully uh, we get to an even higher level last time. The Jazz have been improving playoff after playoff. Uh, they started off with that uh, that terrible round one loss against the Rockets. Last year did better. This year did better. Hopefully next year conference finals na, and maybe the finals. Now, also, one of the reasons why we're doing this interview uh, with Pau and it, when it comes to the Utah Jazz is getting featured in the New mm. York Times. Yes. Tell us more about that, Pau. Yeah, so first of all, shout out to uh, Nico Ramos uh, because he was the guy who hooked me up with the interview. Uh, he was uh, interviewed about it first. I, I guess uh, the writer, C. Scott Tashilda, uh knew of, of Nico before, got to contact him, then asked him, hey, do you know a jazz fan? And then Nico's like, I know one. <laughs> and then sent it to me. So yeah, he, he just got gave a gave a call. We were we, we chatted up a bit. And you know, I, I hope personally, knowing how news works, sometimes it's things don't get featured. So I never really had my hopes up that it will actually get printed. Because really, who'd want to read about the jazz in the New York Times? But it happened. Uh, it, it was amazing. And um, actually, the most killing part about it was uh, finding out who the photographer was who took the, who took the photos, which is uh, ha- uh, Hannah Morales, who's a uh, photo for National Geographic and uh, Washington Post and wherever else. When I read her resume and then I found out she's going to shoot me, I'm like, oh, my God, a natural photographer. I'm not wildlife. What should I do? But, yeah, masaya uh, I mean, like... Um, I, I guess I've never visualized being what a jazz fan should look like, and when that shoot happened, it was it kind of it, it it was fun. It was uh it was weird because I never realized how much jazz gear I had, and uh, looking at the and then when the story did come out, um yeah it was surreal. Like uh, people again people were messaging me and they're like wow could you imagine the New York Times because you're a jazz fan. <laughs> you have all the reasons to end up on the New York Times. Because Utah jazz fan ka, and no one else knows who, who whoever else is a jazz fan. So I'm like, okay, cool. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm all I, I was happy for it. I was all for it. Um, obviously, it's uh, obviously I'm getting that I'm getting that printed out and framed, and then showing it to my kids, uh, <laughs> and then telling them like, hey, this is my greatest achievement in life, and uh, I'm on TV. So let's just. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you know, but it, it's great because uh, what happened there was, look, uh, being part of that article, the, it opened a lot of doors. The Jazz reached out. Uh, they actually wanted me to fly out there to Utah. Uh, they want they were oh, going wow. to fly me out there, but uh, unfortunately, because of uh, at that time I wasn't fully vaccinated, it didn't pull through because the NBA didn't allow it. Oh. Uh, a tour around their facility. I was supposed to be part of their pregame broadcast, talk about it, and they wanted me to call um, Jordan Clarkson's highlights in Filipino. Uh, it did not happen, but uh, it's okay because the connection's there. And uh, at least now, I think, well, homegrown jazz fans would like would be happy to know that the NBA Philippines are actually now in connection with the Utah Jazz uh, as a ball club in general. And uh, I don't know if they're going to be working on more things, but then uh, they're in communication with each other. Uh, they are at, 
at the very least. So who knows? You never know. Maybe we might have uh, we might have something between the Jazz and NBA Philippines soon, and have more uh, jazz interaction. So yeah, look, if I can't if I can't go to Utah and enjoy being a uh, enjoy being a jazz fan, I will gladly bring the jazz experience to the country. So, ako na yung magiging ambassador, bringing it all in. So, <laughs> kumbaga, ako yung freight forwarding ng jazz fandom uh, to the Philippines. Or, or at least trying to be, trying to connect the dots and hopefully something would happen. Nice. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Paolo Del Rosario, the uh, massive Utah jazz fan here in the, Philipp- uh, in the Philippines. Thank you so much for joining us, Pao. And thank you to everyone who joined us in this episode of OTR Sidelines. Once again, my name is Jessica Letoncalo. Migs Bustos, thank you so much for joining us here in OTR Sidelines. Stay safe and God bless. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>